Good evening. It's uh, Sunday night, January 6, 2019, and this is our fourth attempt at starting this little podcast. <laughs> but, but we're uh, happy to be on with you and um, excited for the year 2019. So insane. Oh, and this is Notes from John. With a babble from Bon. And we are happy to be on air with you tonight and express our love to all of our family. We just had a wonderful family dinner with uh, all of our children, grandchildren, with the exception of Melissa and her family. Uh, we missed them a great deal, we but sure uh, any event, it was great to have what, 28 of us together or so. Oh yes, I'm sure of that. Yeah, it was great. It's a little bit wild and crazy, but we love, we love them all here. We sure do, and we're uh, so proud of them as well. Just They're all just such great people. And uh, so Happy New Year, the beginning of this new year for everyone. And New beginning, fresh start. Here we go. Fresh start. Yes. So we'd like to uh, actually begin this year with uh, a shout-out to one of our younger granddaughters, and that is Hadley Cyphers. She is five and almost six. She is so cute. She'll be six, actually, in, an, in a month. And uh, just a delightful, beautiful young girl. She is all girl, too. Oh, oh she is. But she's just so much fun and a beautiful little face. And uh, she's just uh, all girl. She does not like wearing pants. She wears a dress every day. Every day. Yes, she yeah. is. Well, the reason for the shout-out for Hadley is because uh, I was talking with her mother, Becky, our daughter, a, a little while ago, and uh, Becky was was telling me that uh, Hadley is just this model child. She's just obedient. She's nice. She's helpful. Um, she's smart. Smart. Yes, yeah, she is smart. She just is such a good girl in, in uh, everything that she does. And I just thought, way to go, Hadley. We love you and just so proud of you. Yes, we do. Good shout out for you, sweetheart. Yes, it is. Now, uh, tonight on this uh, episode of our podcast, uh, I'd like to share with you the events surrounding a, um, a very sad uh, incident in our my life, and that was the disappearance of my younger brother, Reed. You know, I, I can't imagine losing a child that way. I mean, death is another thing. You kind of have closure, but to have, have one of your children just disappear one day they're there and the next day they're just gone and no closure, that would be very, very difficult. Yeah, and particularly for a parent. I mean, there's the... The questions and the uncertainty of it all is uh, can just, you know, it's just heartbreaking. Well, Reed was uh, 18 months younger than me, so we had grown up together, and um, Reed was uh, strong. He was a terrific athlete. Um, he he uh, loved the out of doors, loved animals. He was just so good in things that related to animals and and worked hard and anyway uh, he was just a great younger brother he and I had a fair amount of uh, uh, 
competition one between the other because we were so close in age and and all but we grew up together we we did most everything together and uh, as much as we had our own lives and our own interests we had a lot of things in common as well as a lot of things that we did not have in common well um, uh, in uh, October of uh, oh gosh, 1965, as a family at noon and go to Sunday school for an hour. And then uh, after going home, uh, we'd go back to church at four o'clock for sacrament meeting for another hour or an hour and a half. And uh, it was just common for our family to go to sacrament meeting together. Um, the boy, boys and dad would all go to priesthood meeting in the morning. We'd gather together to go to Sunday school around noon and and um, and then as to sacrament meeting later in the afternoon. Well, Reed and I had uh, also had a paper route together. Uh, we had about 250 papers that, for the Salt Lake Tribune early morning uh, newspaper that we were responsible for and we both uh, would take about half of the route each morning and uh, you know, so we had a lot of things that we uh, we uh, dealt with together. On this particular Sunday in October, uh, again, now Reed would have been 15. He was a sophomore at East High School, uh, only been there for just a couple of months, just having started. And uh, Reed had been raising two little uh, German shorthair dogs for a scouting merit badge. Um, that particular Sunday morning, we, he and I and Dad uh, went to, to a priesthood meeting together. And then afterwards, we came home. And uh, um, I don't know what all he was doing as as we got ready then later to go to Sunday school and uh, came home from Sunday school and then uh, he he uh, got he went out and was feeding his dogs and I think he was uh, actually took his little dogs for a walk that Sunday afternoon but what was strange was that around four o'clock when it was time for us to be uh, ready to go to, to sacrament meeting together with mom and dad, uh, Reed hadn't come home. And I thought, ooh, that's, <laughs> that's, not, uh, that's not a good idea, Reed. Dad's not going to be particularly happy that you're not home here to go to church with us. But he wasn't, and uh, we so we went to church without him, came home or somewhere around 5.30 or 6 or whenever it was, and uh, Reed still wasn't home. 
And I, I just couldn't imagine where he was or what he was doing. Um, I went to bed that evening just thinking to myself, well, boy, I, I hope you, you're sure to get here so, because we got our paper out in the morning. And I was confident I would awaken in the morning, Monday morning, and he would be in his bed. But when I woke up early Monday morning, Reed was not in his bed. And I, I thought, oh my gosh, what, what's happened? Where is he? And uh, I kept thinking that, you know, he'll, he'll be home any time, but he, he wasn't there the next day or the next or the next. And um, as a matter of fact, I never saw him again. Uh, after the first couple of days, uh, our family got uh, the police involved, and and uh, there were flyers that were prepared and posted on on uh, uh, retail store doors and on uh, um, telephone poles and everything. A flyer about a missing uh, boy and uh, had a, his picture on it with information to contact to the police or our family if anybody knew about him. Uh, we never had any, any success of, from any of that. Reed was, uh, was purportedly last seen walking his two little dogs um, up in the foothills of Salt Lake, uh, which isn't too far from Hogle Zoo. And up in that area, that was, oh, maybe a mile above our home, uh, east of our home. Um, I, again, we don't know if that's uh, for certain, but that's why I, I say that it was uh, reported that someone said they thought they saw him up there at that time. And so uh, as a family and with several friends for several days, we combed the foothills of Salt Lake, searching for Reed, thinking that he might have been walking with his two little dogs and he might have uh, uh, fallen, hurt himself, and, and, and couldn't make his way home. Anyway, that was, uh, um, that was a difficult time. It was difficult to, for a lot of reasons. One, you know, what has happened to my younger brother? Uh, number two, my parents now had a problem that they couldn't solve. They didn't know where he was or what had happened, and they were, you know, just grief-stricken at, uh, at what uh, might have happened to Reed. To this very day, all these years later, we don't know what happened to Reed. We've never found any clues as to um, his whereabouts or anything that may have happened to him. I do remember uh, during the time that, that uh, the first few days after his disappearance and the police had gotten involved, um, I had a detective uh, talk to me one day, and he said, uh, uh, John, I need to have you come with me 
and show me where one of Reed's friends lives because I want to go have a, a talk with him. And I said, okay, it's just around the corner from where we live. I'll be happy to do that. So I got in the back of his patrol car and this detective drove from our home down around the street and up the next street where the, Reed's friend lived. And he turned off the car and then he, he uh, turned around and looked at me in the back seat and said, okay now, where is he? I, I was so surprised. I said, well, I don't know where he is. Yes, you do, he said. We know you know where he is and that you've got some kind of deal going on with him where either you're trying to hide him and, and uh, for whatever reason, or, but we we're confident you know where he is. I said, I'd have no idea where he is. Why are you asking me all this? And then he said, look, either you tell me the truth right now as to where he is, or you and I are going to go down to the police station and you're going to take a lie detector test. And we'll see if you're telling the truth. I, I, I was just, I started getting scared. Here's this uh, you know, police officer, the detective that's uh, getting pretty harsh with me. And it just caught me by such surprise. I had no idea where he was. I, so, I, I ultimately you know, was able to get out the words, okay, well, I guess we better go down to the station because I have no idea where he is. Well, he turned around and started the car and drove back to our home and, and let me off. And about the time I got home, I started getting irritated. And I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit embarrassed and ashamed to say that I got mad in my head at my mom and dad. For, for letting that police officer do that to me. I, I knew enough to know that they would have had to get my parents' permission to have that kind of conversation with me. Uh, and so I went in and I, I, I told mom and dad, I said, I, I, I can't believe that you would believe that I might know where Reed is and that I might be hiding him and, and that I would be somehow involved in all of this. And, and that you, you would think that I'm involved enough that you'd have a police officer get involved with me? And I, um, I'll never forget. I believe uh, that I, was ha I was with mom and dad together. I don't remember which one of them made the statement, but one of them said, John, we're so sorry. We are at our wit's end. The... Uh, police department suggested that we we do this with you and uh, we didn't know what else to do and for the first time in my life here I was now 16 years old the first time I I got a little unhappy with my mom and dad and I let them know it and I I'm sorry for that event and that, uh, that conversation. Well, so um, the days and weeks and months went by and uh, nothing about Reed ever surfaced. And as I've indicated previously, nothing 
ever has surfaced. Oh, there, there have been a lot of, uh, of um, situations where the, the police have followed one lead or another that have led to dead ends, and, uh, and there have been others that have thought a particular person might have kidnapped him or someone else might have um, taken him and, and actually murdered him. Uh, I don't know what happened to Reed, and neither does anybody else. I know our Heavenly Father knows, Reed certainly knows, but, um, uh, and, and here it is today, 2019, all these years later, and uh, Reed's missing persons case is the oldest unsolved case in uh, Salt Lake County. Could be on all of the state of Utah for all I know. But um, a couple of things that it's, uh, it did to me. One was it was the first time in my life that uh, I saw a circumstance that my parents couldn't solve. And I began to feel some, um, oh, some uncertainty in my life for the first time. I began to feel uh, um, like, gosh, how could this happen to us? I'd never had anything of this magnitude of any kind come into my life. Um, so I... I, I was, you know, I was a little uncertain about things, and I, I had prayed for days and weeks and months that Heavenly Father would keep Reed safe and bring him home. He never did. And so, not only, you know, did I have some, some uncertainties going on in my life as a result of this, but I now began to question more than ever before in my life about uh, whether Heavenly Father answers prayers. And raised the question in my mind really for the first serious time, is Heavenly Father even there to answer my prayers? I, I began to question. I didn't uh, question it with anybody, but I it was in my heart and a concern uh, that came into my heart really for the first time where I began to question uh, some of our beliefs. Here we are all these years later and I have wondered so many times uh, not only what happened to Reed but what would he have been like had he been able to continue living his life normally um, and what we, how we would have grown up together as brothers, served missions one after another, been able to go to school and and um, uh, go and uh, get married and begin to raise families together. I, I've missed Reed. I've thought about him so many, many times, and been thankful for the time that we did have, but uh, I, I would love to have had the opportunity to have 
continued to grow up with him and to experience adulthood with him, to have seen him grow in the light of the gospel and um, raise a family uh, true to the Lord himself. One of the interesting things that I've observed um, as it relates to Reed's disappearance is how different people react to the same circumstance. And by that I mean uh, my brothers and sisters, uh, each one have their own reaction to Reed's disappearance. Uh, some see it one way, some see it another, and I see it differently in, in many ways than most. And, and yet we're all entitled to, to see it the way we see it and to deal with the emotions of grief and sadness and, and sorrow that, that comes from it in our own way. And uh, I, I'm, I'm grateful that we give each other the space to be able to, to deal with that tragedy in the way we deem best for ourselves. And even though we may agree or disagree in how someone else uh, treats it, uh, that really doesn't matter. We, we have the right to be able to deal with it internally the way we deal with it best. And my way of doing that has been to be quite open about it, about Reed's disappearance and about its effect on me personally as a teenager in, in the middle of my high school years. And I've had an opportunity to speak in and around uh, the Salt Lake Valley and, you know, and further in other areas uh, on really hundreds of occasions over the years and have included in my, my basic talk um, about my life story my experience with the disappearance of my brother and how it's affected me. Uh, and the insecurities that it uh, allowed to creep into my my uh, my mind as I was uh, trying to deal with this situation. One of the other things that I have learned uh, as I've gotten older is that uh, no matter what the outcome or what the circumstance. I've got to trust in Heavenly Father. I, I don't know why he didn't answer our prayers. I, I don't know what happened to Reed. And I don't know why um, Heavenly Father would allow this kind of tragedy to happen to my parents. Why he would have allowed it to occur in my life. Just, I'm... I'm you know, I'm one removed from Reed. And, and why he would not have intervened. What I've come to realize is that all of those questions of why, why this or why that, that's not going to solve anything. Because I'm not going to get an answer to those questions. I have got to be able to learn to trust in the Lord with all my heart, no matter what, even when I don't like the outcome, even when I don't agree, perhaps, with what Heavenly Father's decision is, 
I don't know all the circumstances. He does. And my responsibility is to trust him in all circumstances. Now, granted, that's awfully hard in many situations when we may think that he's dealing unfairly with us or that he's not answering our prayers or, or even listening to them or that uh, what, he, what he concluded in a given situation wasn't fair or wasn't right or whatever it may be. Well, our Heavenly Father knows everything before, during, and after. He's omniscient, meaning he knows everything. And he knows what is in our best interest in every circumstance. And because of that, I, I know that's true. I know that, that he possesses those amazing qualities. So I'm willing to put my faith and trust in him no matter what and do the best I can in dealing with the uncertainty of the circumstances that may arise, the sadness or the unfairness as it may seem to the best of my ability. And I hope that uh, my posterity will always be able to do the same, that when difficult circumstances come into your lives, things that you don't understand, how this could happen or why or, or where it's taking you. Please remember that our Heavenly Father loves us, that He loves you, that He wants you to be happy, that He wants you to learn and grow from not only the positive things in life, but the challenges in life that make it difficult and hard that you and I have to learn to uh, work through and hopefully become stronger because of it. Read wherever you are. I love you, my younger brother. I pray for you. I look forward to the day that is getting getting closer in my life when you and I will have an opportunity to sit together again to laugh about things to cry about things and I'll be able to learn what happened and together we might be able to praise the name of our beloved Savior and our Father in heaven for all the good things that they have provided for us in this life. So that's uh, the situation of the disappearance of my brother Reed. And uh, I hope that you might be able to gain something from my experience in helping you to deal with some of the difficulties that may yet come along. I think that what you have told everyone will help them when tragedy strikes them and helps them to 
have the comfort that the Savior will bring into their lives to help deal with these kinds of trials and tribulations. So thank you for sharing that, even though how hard it might, it was at the time and still is for many of your family members. I will be excited to be able to meet Reed and see his personality, and I will be excited for that day to be able to do that. Yeah, I'll be excited for you to meet him as well. And much like I, I will look forward to the day when I meet your father for the first time. And your father and you, as well. Yeah, and you meet my dad. That's right. Well, I hope you have a wonderful week. And um, in the beginning of this new year and, and all that's before us. This has been an experience in my life that I hope will be beneficial and meaningful to those who choose to listen to Notes from John. With a babble from Bon. Have a great evening, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.